and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella. Uh, we are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, I was letting people know that I have started in a new office. Uh, a friend of mine, Teresa, uh, just moved into a new space and has uh, 12 new suites for her uh, her therapy practice and agency. And so she's kind enough to let me use a space to work out of, which has been really nice to uh, step into a new um, a new environment and a new routine. Um, I'm working three days a week and scheduled clients and, and doing all the things. So it's exciting to start in a new place. Um, I haven't worked in an office since 2020 when I moved out of my office and was working from home like a lot of us were. And so it's nice to be back into an environment where other people are um, are working. And certainly uh, in an agency that is as busy as this one, um, there are people coming through all the time. So that's a, a kind of a different pace for me, um, but I'm adjusting and getting used to it. Um, also being back in Albuquerque now, it's been three weeks since I've been back and uh, adjusting to that. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of relapse prevention and really recognizing like what your triggers are um, and how you, you know, the, the healing growing version of you adjusts to an old environment um, or certainly old relationships. Um, because that's, that's definitely been something I hadn't thought about. Um, I talk to um, clients a lot and certainly people who are like, wow, you, you know, just did this really great thing and um, slowly letting people know that I'm back um, and former clients and, and other people have reached out and they're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. You know, how was the trip? I get that a lot. Um, and it's really hard to kind of conceptualize uh, what happened in seven months. Um, so part of that is, you know, kind of going deeper than myself to figure out the writing and, and to really recognize the foundations for me of what codependency looked like and then how to do that uh, in a way that, that I can describe it to, to clients and people. Um, and so in a lot of ways, people think that I was on this like huge vacation, which was not the case. I mean, there were vacation parts in the trip, but it wasn't all just vacation, right? So it was about really finding um, and looking at all of the versions of myself with grace and compassion, um, with patience and forgiveness, and then being able to glean from those experiences and, and um, memories of what my life looked like and where my codependency came from. So there's been a lot of growth in that area to really recognize the healing that happened um, as I took apart these different parts of my life. And certainly before I left, um, in detaching from all of my possessions and relationships, um, I left a lot of parts of myself here and, uh, and then just went on my adventure. And so now as I've reintegrated, what I am doing is kind of sifting through those parts that I had left unattended um, for a long time. And so, you know, seven months feels like, and that, that certainly that trip and, and the things that happen feels like another, you know, planet. Like it, it feels like a whole separate part of myself as I reintegrate to this place in this life. Um, I was driving into the office today and it's downtown and um, I used to bring my daughter to, to middle school downtown. So I, I'm familiar with driving around in the area. 
and uh, there were businesses that were closing and there were new businesses that were just opened and new buildings and all the things. And so there's this whole part of reorienting and reintegrating into this space, um, bringing these new parts of myself into these environments, right? Um, and so I think about, certainly with clients, like what it is like for them to, you know, go to therapy and read books and heal parts of themselves and then go back into their relationships and their, um, their environments that they have been familiar with their whole lives, but now they are seeing things from a different perspective. Um, and I think that there's this opportunity for us to really recognize what it is to be in new environments and spaces with our new tools and our new perspectives and how do we integrate you know this this healed or healing part of ourselves into those old environments um, a lot of times it can be very triggering when we are just learning the language of boundaries or really recognizing that we have needs and then to go into old relationships or relationships that have been well established where people have learned how to treat us or how to interact with us without those um, needs or boundaries or awarenesses. And a lot of times that can feel really frustrating and it can feel triggering to go back into an old version of ourselves using our old coping skills. Um, and so it's one, it's one of those opportunities where we can check in with an accountability buddy or really check in with ourselves of like, how does this make me feel? Well, I know that I'm irritated or I know that I'm frustrated and I want to lash out or I want to uh, use an old coping skill to either deflect or detract or just kind of lean into whatever somebody is asking of you or how they're behaving. Um, but it's great to kind of sit with it for a second and recognize what the feeling is. A lot of times, um, and certainly it's been my experience, both clinically and, and personally, that um, our default setting is that one that we go back to kind of automatically. And, you know, if, if we are faced with conflict specifically, um, you know, sometimes we'll just back down or we'll get super aggressive and then like, you know, not necessarily use all the words and tools that we have at our disposal, but go to that, you know, kind of old tool or skill that we've used in the past. Um, and so what I challenge you to do is to start to reflect on what those relationships look like before and then what you would like for them moving forward, really recognizing where you end and where someone else starts. Um, I think a lot about familial relationships because as again, we head into a holiday um, being Easter Sunday, like this is an opportunity where we spend time with people. Um, our family of origin or the family that we choose, if that's something that you celebrate, really recognizing what your patterns are. It's been a long time since November and December when we were talking about these skills before. And I, you know, I recommend that you check out the holiday toolkit again to kind of really recognize like what is my capacity for these engagements and what kind of experience do I want to have? Um, how do I set my yes budget for these, you know, family gatherings or, or gatherings where there's a lot of people, especially now when you have your new tools, right? To really recognize what are your needs um, and what are your expectations of the situation? And so when you go back into those environments, especially with your new tools and awarenesses, it's an opportunity for you to recognize where do I end and what is my capacity for engaging in these 
dynamics with with people that I care about, right? Um, I was thinking about, and I made a post on TikTok um, about how boundaries are the instruction manual for how people treat us. Um, and so a lot of times, um, if we grew up without any boundaries or recognizing that there are limits or recognizing that you can say no, um, you don't really recognize or understand that people just, they treat you and then you react accordingly, right? And so now with, with the language of boundaries, with, the, with really recognizing that your time and your physical space um, and your thoughts and your emotions have limits to them and people, they have access and you get to be the gatekeeper of that. Um, now you can go into those spaces and really recognize, like, I really like it when I spend time with my cousins because um, we have a really good time and we talk about all kinds of things. I don't really like it when they ask, you know, what I'm doing for work or uh, if I'm in a new relationship or when I'm going to have kids or these kinds of questions that come up oftentimes in familial relationships. Um, we get to determine how we interact with those kinds of questions or those kinds of experiences. Um, if you are the kind of person who knows that with a family gathering, you know, you have to make all the food and do all the preparations and, you know, do all the shopping um, and you don't have the yes budget for that. Let's say you had a rough week or um, it's been kind of a, a lean uh, kind of month and you don't have the financial resources that you used to have, it's your opportunity to set those limits and recognize, like, I, I can't do it this year. Like, one, I'm not financially in a space to be able to buy all the eggs because apparently eggs are super expensive in the States. Don't understand that. Um, but, you know, can we limit how many people are coming or, you know, what activities we're going to do? Admittedly, like, it's Good Friday, so I don't know that you can like implement those things, but you can recognize what your capacity is and really recognize that I don't have the budget that I used to have both energetically, emotionally, and then financially to participate in the kinds of things that we have done for years and years and years because that's our family tradition. Um, as we go into familiar spaces, um, sometimes, like I said, our old coping skills kick in and... Um, how we react to things or how we emotionally respond is something that now we have the awareness and the language for to really recognize, do I have the yes budget to sit and talk to my uncle for an hour? And, you know, as he continues to drink, like things get a little bit weird. Like, so if I don't have the capacity for it, I can set a limit to that and, you know, go somewhere else or, or not get stuck in that corner or whatever. Um, you know, my sisters, I love them and they're all awesome. But what I know to be true is my yes budget is two of them at a time. Um, and I, you know, I get overwhelmed when there's more. So I recognize, and I usually have somebody in the family who, you know, can say, hey, are you getting overwhelmed? Do you need to go outside or do you need to take a break? Um, I was having dinner with my girlfriend last night and uh, she had joined us in Italy and she said, I don't know if you noticed, but I kind of disappeared after dinner got started that one night. And I said, yeah, you know, I noticed, but she said, I, I know how to take care of myself now in that way. And it's not that anything's wrong. I just need to take some space because I'm overstimulated. Um, there was a lot of energy and, and a lot of people in the room. And so she went up to the room and took some space and, and got what she needed. And then she came back and joined us when she was ready. So that's, one of those ways where you can implement your tools. And if you have an accountability buddy or someone that you are 
um, close with and can kind of say, hey, I'm a little tapped out energetically or emotionally, um, or my mom's getting on my nerves or whatever it is, um, then you can, you know, definitely take care of yourself in that way and recognize what your needs are. I think oftentimes when we go back into old environments, like I said, we go back into our old coping skills or we go back into our old tools. And if you're coming from that place of loving yourself better and really recognizing how do I take care of my needs, um, you can start to pay attention to when you get tapped out. You can start to pay attention to in the past, these these things have happened. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up limits and parameters for myself to not fall into those traps or pitfalls where I'm using old coping skills and I'm behaving in a way that does not feel right to who I am right now today. The other thing to really pay attention to is sometimes when we go back into old environments, the people in those environments are also not the same version that they were a year ago or six months ago or even two weeks ago. Um, I was thinking about this idea of novel situations and we go into, and some people, not everybody, um, we go into new environments and situations and it creates a level of anxiety, but it also creates a level of excitement. Um, what I know to be true is that I am not the version of me that I was seven months ago or even yesterday because I've had experiences that have kind of changed my perspective. And so every situation is a novel situation if you look at it that way. Sometimes we get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing over and over and over. And what happens is we get really stagnant in our growth and our development. And so it's helpful to go into a new situation, again, with the newest kind of best version of yourself and recognize that other people are not the same people that they were six months ago or a year ago or even last week because they've had experiences too. So it does help to shift the perspective from I'm going into this environment and I know what it's going to be like and I don't really want to do that or, you know, I'm going to have to prepare myself emotionally. Um, and all of those things are true, but also recognizing like, you know, your aunt, your grandma, um, your uncle, your cousin, like they've had experiences too since the last time that you spent time with them. And so going in with a, a perspective of hopefulness or let me see, curiosity, right? What is this going to look like? That will also help you to not go back to those old coping skills. Um, one of the, the hard things about using old coping skills or the things that have worked to keep you safe in the past is that they used to fit and they don't fit now. Um, I walk flash run regularly and I have to change out my shoes, like get new ones every six months because um, the way that I walk well, wears them out, right? And so we can wear our old shoes because they're comfortable and they function, but they're probably not the best for your form and how you're doing things, uh, especially if you have gotten stronger or faster, or like you know, you're running in different environments or whatever. Um, so using your old, old shoes doesn't necessarily keep you moving forward and progressing. Um, and so you have to kind of change out those tools and skills uh, because you are different, right? As you are healing and growing, what you're doing is you're adding new parts and perspectives to how you see the world and how you interact with the environment that you're in, even if you go back to an old environment. That old environment may have stayed the same in a lot of ways, but even the people that are in that environment are changing, growing, and learning, even if they do the same thing the same way every time. What I love about holidays as traditions is that idea that, you know, this is how we always do it. 
well, unfortunately, um, sometimes, you know, things wear out, things break, things change. You can't get the same, you know, ham or potatoes or whatever it is that you have in those family gatherings. Uh, and sometimes you have to change it up. Sometimes you have to adapt to a new situation. Um, somebody's going to bring, you know, a new significant others. People have had babies, like, um, people have had death. People have had divorces, like, all of those things change the people that you are in relationship with. And as you continue to learn, heal, and grow, you are changing, right? And so sometimes those old coping skills are the way that you used to participate in, in you know, family gatherings or even going to work or all of those things. They're not the same and they're not supposed to be. That's the other piece is that change happens regardless. You know, as we go into spring and everybody is like dealing with their allergies and sinuses and all the things like the environment around us is changing and we are changing in how we interact with it. Um, I've never been my 50 year old self here in Albuquerque before. Um, I've never worked in this building before. I've never, you know, had uh, the people around me that I have today. And so I have to adapt and change to that environment. And it's exciting. It's a novel situation. It's a new place. And I, I really like new places. That's why I travel. That's why I go to new environments. And the version of me that left in August um, is not the version that came back, which is it's good. It's actually a positive thing, but it feels kind of overwhelming sometimes when I think about all of the changes that I made and then I just left, right? And so now I have to come back into this environment and reorient myself to uh, the things that are different. And uh, I think I shared with you guys last time, my daughter got a new dog. So there's a new dog in my pack. Um, and so there's three of them <laughs> instead of two. This one's tiny. He's a Chewini and he's little. Um, and he has different needs than, you know, my bigger, older dogs. And so I've had to adapt to that, right? Taking them on a walk looks different. It feels different. Um, even though I take them to the same environment, he's not ready to be off leash yet. Um, and so, you know, the bigger dogs, like they're teaching him how to be part of this pack and environment. And I love that because, you know, they're, he, he's observing them, but he's also like trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm new to him and, it's a whole matter of adjustment all the way around. I've gone to a lot of the old restaurants that I love and the food that I absolutely adore. Um, and my palate is different, right? Because I've had all this other food from these different countries. Um, and so some of the things are super comforting and some of them I don't like the same way. Um, my body's had to adjust to chili, which is really strange. <laughs> I've grown up eating chili my whole life. And now it's like, what, what are we doing? Like, this is hot. Um, but the whole time I was, you know, gone, all I could, would crave is like a green chili burrito. Um, and so my body is like, what are we doing? Um, so all of these things is to say that like we're adjusting and changing to our environment all the time. And even though we go into older, you know, former familiar environments with people that we have been in relationship with, um, you know, for a significant amount of time, we are different. We are growing and changing. And if you're actively working on your healing, then you get the opportunity to really pay attention to like, what are my needs? Where do I end? What is my yes budget? What is my capacity? Um, who am I sharing my time with? When and where do I get to, you know, have those experiences? And then how much of myself am I sharing in these environments? 
also, how am I looking at these people and these relationships with curiosity rather than with judgment or fear of I'm not safe, right? Now that's not that's not to say that you need to go into environments where you have not been safe before and then just, you know, kind of curiously see what that's relationships like. If you don't want to have those interactions, don't have those interactions. Um, if those interactions don't feel like they're, you know, places, people, relationships you want to have um, and spend time in, then definitely recognize what your budget is for doing that. And then recognize that you can pull out at any point you can say no to going to or attending a family event um, and recognize that they're going to have their feelings and this is that opportunity for detachment. I'm going to tell, you know, my mom that no, I'm not going to Easter Sunday, you know, at your house because I don't have the capacity for it. Um, and she's going to have feelings about that. And then you get to kind of pull back and go, okay, I'm going to just leave that there and I'm going to go take care of myself. Um, it can be a challenge and we're just learning our, you know, I call it our baby legs of like figuring out how to set boundaries and limits, but it's an opportunity for you to then lean into that discomfort. We've talked a lot about that in this work of healing and growing from our codependency. Now here's the interesting thing. It does not go away. It doesn't ever like magically just, you know, alleviate itself. You have to work on it every day. You have to work on really recognizing like where your capacity is and you're not going to be the same version of yourself yesterday because you had all the experiences. Sometimes we get to wake up and go, okay, I'm going to try again today. I'm going to set some limits. I'm going to set some boundaries. I'm going to say no, but I'm also going to recognize what my yes budget is and I'm going to have patience with myself. I'm going to have compassion and grace and recognize that I am growing and changing every day and it can be lonely. It can be kind of um, isolating when you're learning how to do these new skills. Um, I've likened it to like going rock climbing at a rock gym or climbing gym. And then, you know, hanging off the side of a mountain is like all the tools and skills that I have been working on and learning and, and adapting to. Now I'm using them in the wild <laughs> and, uh, you know, in, in a wild I'm familiar with, which has been really interesting because, I think as we adapt into old environments, um, we recognize that we have done all of this work and the people that we are interacting with uh, have not. And they've had other experiences or sometimes they default to you know, their old ways of doing things. Um, and we have to then with kindness and you know, loving ourselves, recognize that sometimes those relationships don't fit anymore. They don't fit who we are trying to be or what we are working on. And there's a there's a level of grief there. There's a level of um, grief even for who you have been in the past. I think that's one of the things that I um, have started to recognize is really having a lot of compassion for the, for the past versions of me um, and the things that she you know did to stay safe or sane or grow and change is that she did the best she could with what she had at the time. And I sound like, you know, I'm speaking about another person, but I'm talking about an older version of me. Water. <clears throat> what I do love is that I have continued to grow, change and adapt. Right. Um, again, I was having you know, dinner with a girlfriend last night and, uh, 
and I was telling her that I really do trust myself in a different way now, having gone through seven months of, of being on my own in new environments and um, kind of forcing myself to have uh, these novel experiences, which again, I really enjoy a novel experience. I love having uh, new food and going to new places, um, going to new train stations and airports and, you know, taking a bus I've never been on before. Um, at one point when we were in Spain, um, Teresa and I grabbed a bus. Uh, we were at the top of the Alhambra and we could have walked all the way back down. It was a whole thing. And I was like, or we just get this bus and see where it goes. And then we figure it out. And if all else fails, we get a cab back to the hotel. Um, that kind of novel experience is stimulating and it's fun. For some people, it feels overwhelming and you're not quite sure what you're going to do. Um, a lot of people are uh, walking to the Santuario in Chimayo today. Um, and that's something I've never done, but other people have done it years. It's their family tradition, right? But I was thinking about how this version of them that is going today is a whole different version than the one who's done it for years and years and years because you've had a whole year of experiences. You've had a whole year of new um, new growth and other things have fallen away. And we are a new version of ourselves today, even in an old environment, even in an old experience that we have done for years and years and years before. And so when we can look at it that way, it's a lot easier to adapt, to recognize that what is this version of me like today? Who am I as I go into these spaces and into these relationships that I've had forever? You know, I'm I'm different. I get to be this best version of myself, even if I'm struggling, even if I'm having a hard time, even if today is not the day for me to do this. I get to show up and be this best version of myself. So all of that is to say that, um, you know, as you are learning and using your tools and skills to identify your yes budget, to manage your boundaries, to love yourself better, um, you get to go into these spaces and take those skills and tools with you and recognize that, like, I don't have to do it the way that I've always done it. I don't have to be the version that I've always been because I am changing and I am different. And you get to choose that, right? As you go in with those, you know, relationships that you've had um, and see if they still fit with this version of you. See if they still kind of gel with who you're trying to be. And if they don't, that's okay. You can, you know, recognize that it served a purpose and it had a time and a season and today's not that day. And so, you know, you get to choose who you have in your life and, and relationship who you get to, you know, who you give access to you, who you allow to spend time with you as your resources of your time and your um, physical space and your thoughts and your emotions continue to grow and change. Like you get to decide what that looks like. And if you want to have relationships with these people, whether or not they have a title, um, really communicating what your expectations of those interactions are that's your responsibility, right? You get to communicate the boundaries and then you also get to follow through with how much time or effort or energy you're going to put into those, you know, relationships and environments. So 
Um, that is your podcast for today. Um, I will be back in a week and I continue to kind of, I've got about 20 pages left on the book. Um, Workshop on April the 22nd. I will post details on that. It'll be in person. I will eventually get to having uh, online workshops so that I can share this information with, you know, the wider environment. Um, But I'm continuing to post content here um, on TikTok, on Facebook. And uh, if you haven't caught up on uh, the podcast, this is your opportunity to do that. Um, And, you know, like I said, if you want to check out the um, holiday toolkit, uh, it is on the blog at um, luna-x2-llc.com. There are links in my bio. So if you want to just all of that information is there. Um, There's also a podcast on it. So just to remind yourself how to go back into old environments with those old relationships with this newest version of you. Um, I trust that you guys are all going to figure it out because you've figured it out this far. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And um, I did want to say if you are listening on any of the, you know, platforms, um, if you will do a review of Luna (laughs) Alex 2 codependency coaching podcast, I'd really appreciate it. I'm going to try to adjust my metrics um, I can see that, you know, people are watching and people are clicking and, and doing all the things, but if you'd like to leave a review, I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, if you're on Podbean, there's a way to do that there. Um, Audible, if you were doing Apple Podcasts, any of those, um, this is just, you know, my humble request uh, for the, you know, if you guys will leave reviews, I'd appreciate it. Anyway, I'm going to end the video and then I'm going to end the podcast and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. All right, so we ended um, the LX2 Codependency Coaching podcast on LX2, um, on Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC at Instagram. Uh, Again, if you guys want to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. And um, if you have any questions, the way to reach me is lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. Take care and have a great week.